people I think sometimes are like, oh, I have to go out and like change part of the world or, you know, go do some huge thing. And it's like, of course, that's cool. That's great. And awesome aspirations. But at the same time, you could change one person's world. Welcome to Let's Give a Damn. I'm Nick LaPara, and this is my chance to talk with people who saw something wrong that needed to be made right, and they gave a damn about it. Brett Hagler is a remarkable young man and leader. At the young age of 26, he and his team of co-founders, who are all under the age of 30, are changing the world by building homes in impoverished places in a truly innovative way. I loved hearing and learning from Brett. You'll also hear about what they're doing to help Haiti recover from the recent Hurricane Matthew, who left over 60,000 people homeless. Without further ado, let's get right into the show. We have Brett on the line this morning. Brett, how are you? I am doing well. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. Thanks for, I'm on the East Coast, so it's 11 a.m. You're on the West Coast, 8 a.m., so thanks for doing this so early. Happy to do it. I'm really excited about you know the kind of vision for this podcast, so thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely, and I know we don't have a ton of time. You've got a TV interview after this, and so let's jump right into the interview. Let's start from the beginning. I'd love for you to share your story with us. I want to hear as much of it as you're willing to tell, because I believe that hearing some of your story how you were brought up, what were things that influenced you early on, will help me and the Let's Give a Damn family connect some dots as we hear how you grew up and then how you chose to pursue some of the things you pursued. So share share for a few minutes a little bit about your upbringing and your story. Yeah, so for, for context, I will share like exactly what I'm doing now because it's like totally different than what I thought I would be doing. So sure. right now I'm the CEO of New Story, which is a, a nonprofit that uh, – crowdfunds and builds houses for about $6,000 per home uh, in the developing world. And we also transform slum areas into new uh, communities or villages. So that's what I'm doing now, uh, which is about a 180 than what I thought I would be doing five years ago. Um, So with that preface, uh, my background is grew up in South Florida, um, super lucky to be born into an awesome family, uh, great parents. Had everything that I could, you know, possibly ask for. I really hit the lottery, you know, um, especially with the context I have now of, of the developing world. Um, didn't really understand that though, and so I grew up. And um, in high school, I kind of, you know, I was kind of a stereotypical jock, and I really cared about uh, sports, uh, girls, and you know, of course, being the most popular guy, right? So right. that was my life. And then um, when I was a senior. I got diagnosed with a extremely rare form of cancer out of nowhere. Oh, wow. Um, and it was a huge, huge, really the, the first um, adversity in my life um, that was that was significant. And so I battled that through about a year. And good news is that I'm all good now. And oh, there awesome. were some small little miracles that happened. Um, but I'm, I'm good now. And after that, the story people might think is, oh, well, he got over cancer and he like changed his life and became like this super generous, like selfless guy that wants to change other people's lives. That's not the case. I, um, I actually kind of went the opposite way. So Hmm. I thought, man, you only get one life. You don't know when it's going to end. Right. And I want to go, uh, make the most of life. 
And to me, that was trying to go out and have as much fun as I could, um, get as much for myself as I possibly could. Um, you know, I, I call it the three G's. It was girls, gold, and glory. <laughs> and I, all through college, uh, that was my goal. Uh, and then a little after college, that was my goal as well. Um, now, I was always a very ambitious person, but it was always what I call selfish ambition. So, um, you know, could I become the, the president of the fraternity? Why? So it looks good for me, right? Could I have the top internships? Why? Because it looks good for me. You know, all these different things, top, you know, prettiest girls, all that stuff, um, just to try to fill myself up. And turns out I, I was able to achieve most of those things. And at the end of the day, um, it was just like, okay, is this all there is, right? There has to be a bigger purpose than this. And so uh, life goes on a little bit. And a couple years out of college, which was in 2013, um, I made a huge 180 in my life, uh, basically revived a lost Christian faith um, that transformed hmm. my heart. Um, all my friends thought I went off the deep end or something just because it was it was such a different life. Um, but I was just over living for myself and having only selfish ambition. And um, I was just very fortunate to uh, to stumble upon a, a couple leaders that I really, really looked up to um, that happened to be um, you know believers and, and men of faith. And I just wanted to be like that because of hmm. how they acted, their integrity, what they had achieved, their family, what they stood for. They had a bigger purpose in their life. They had more joy. They had more fire. And that's what I wanted. And so I made that change. And then um, after that, I was kind of in the middle of um, actually had a, a for-profit startup. So I was always entrepreneurial, uh, but it was a, a for-profit startup. And then I, I, I took a trip down to Haiti. Uh, and as mentioned, like I didn't grow up thinking I was going to do any of this stuff. And so I never went on mission trips or like saw the developing world. It was just something I saw on TV, you know? Right, right. Um, go down to Haiti in 2013, which was a couple years after the 2010 earthquake. Um, if you guys remember that, just for context, yep. that earthquake killed 300, around 300,000 people. One of the mm. biggest catastrophes of the century, in my opinion, um, decimated the entire country. And uh, I was down there like almost four years after the earthquake, but yet it looked like it was only four months after the earthquake. Wow. And so we got to go see uh, kids that were living in these temporary tents, tents that were given to them after the earthquake for immediate aid, right? Which is necessary at the time, but... They had been living in them for four years now. And then as of today, it's been almost seven years and people are still living in these tents. Wow. And so I got to see this problem firsthand of, wow, if there if there's this little girl who the first one I met, her name was Sashu. She's about five years old. Um, I got to think, well, at night when she goes to bed, there's no safety. There's no protection. So any intruders, any storms, like she's prone to danger, right? And then um, – and got to understand like, well, if it rains at night, that means mud and sewage rushes through the floor. And sure. kids who usually sleep on the floor, that means they have to stand up the whole night. And it's just like, man, I'll kind of spare details, but I, I understood how important safety and shelter was, which is one of license basic needs. And then that was the first problem that we wanted to solve. Uh, the second problem was, was really like why I wanted to start a new story instead of just giving to another organization. And the second problem was the, in my opinion, kind of the status quo of 
traditional aid and a lack of transparency in the giving system. So for those listening, I'm sure you've given to larger organizations. And if you give $1,000, you don't know where that money goes. Mm -hmm. You don't know what percentage goes. And you don't know the end result of the donation. And so when I got back from Haiti, like I was trying to tell people about the story and they were like, dude, you can't trust it down there. Like corruption, you don't know where your money goes, black hole, all this stuff. And I'm like, you're kind of right. <laughs> and yeah. um, statistically, about roughly 43% of people don't trust charity. They would say they don't really trust charity. So I'm like, man, that is a huge issue. And so ultimately, wanted to start a news story to solve two problems. The first, life-threatening homelessness. Two, the kind of status quo of the traditional aid model. And that's how we came up with news story with a very simple concept um, that I won't go into details, but it's one we show people exactly who they're helping. So we create digital family profiles that if you're in New York, we connect you with a family in Haiti or in El Salvador digitally through a crowdfunding page. The second thing is that 100% of the donations goes to exactly who you see. And the third thing is a video proof for every family that moves into their new house. Hmm. So um, we launched that about two years ago in November of 2014. And then we got into a program uh, called Y Combinator, which is kind of like a startup accelerator program in Silicon Valley, uh, same one that produced Airbnb and Dropbox. And it's kind of been a, a story of growth ever since then. Um, we've now done about 630 houses. Um, each wow. house is only $6,000 per home. Um, and that's built about uh, building about six different communities in three countries in the last uh, 23 months. That's crazy. Thanks for thanks for sharing that story. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I want to talk about were there in, in you shared a couple of them, but I, I guess what I'm trying to communicate here is was there a specific moment or a circumstance in your life? Was there a pivotal moment where you began giving a damn or was it more a series of moments or circumstances? I think it was a well, I mean, the, the biggest moment for me was re- reviving a, a Christian faith. Okay. Um, that, tra- I mean, that was absolutely like the pivotal moment. Everything changed. Like my heart was transformed. I started caring about, um, you know, totally different things than I ever had before. So that was a pivotal moment. But obviously, it doesn't happen for everybody. And I'm sure people right. are sitting that that's not the case. Um, but you know, up until that, I just, I just kept thinking, like, man, there's got to be like bigger purpose. You know, it, it can't just it can't just be about myself and wanting to look the best and have all this stuff. And so I started to, to give a damn about, well, what would it look like to take some of those talents and those skills and apply them to other things that could actually help other people and actually like change, help change people's lives. And once I started to get a little taste of that, I saw like the black and white difference it made in other people's lives. Yeah. But then I also felt how it made me feel, right? Which was um, so much more fulfilling than all of the other things that I used to be doing. And you know, one of my kind of favorite uh, little mottos is that you have to pour yourself out in order to fill yourself up. Mm. And before I I was doing the exact opposite. Um, So to answer your question, once I started pouring myself out, like kind of more and more, um, it, it was like, wow, this is how you actually fill yourself up. And and I just kind of came, became on fire to do that. That's awesome. That makes total sense. I'm sure, Brett, that your journey has not been easy. Um, so tell me about 
one or two or three hardships. Tell me about the ups and downs, because here's here's what I want to learn from you and communicate to the listeners. There's a certain sexiness about, you know, starting to contribute and starting to give back. And we get to go overseas and, you know, take videos and, you know, show us holding some mm-hmm. kid in, you know, Nigeria yeah. and, you know, in, in all the while the Sigaros is playing in this the background of the soundtrack of our lives, right? And that's just not the reality of it, right? Like, sure, there are moments that feel really good. And, and it's great to feel those when we can contribute yeah. and give back. But yeah. just to be helpful to the Let's Give a Damn family as they have their give a damn moment and decide to start giving back and being the change they wish to see in the world. Mm-hmm. Give us some context about some hardships that you've had, some ups and downs. Absolutely. And when I was kind of given the the story in the beginning, um, you know, that's that's all kind of the highlights, right? It's a right. short version of highlights, and um, you, you you can't just look at that. Whether you're looking at any entrepreneur and you see like, oh, this is what like you know their company has accomplished or whatever, or an author that writes a book, like blah blah blah. I mean, those are just the highlights. Nobody sees um, you know the t- the tough times and what you're doing in the dark when nobody's there. So I want to before I answer the question, I just want to say like. The first thing I would recommend is to, you know, think big about what you want to do and what you want, you know, to give back and give a damn about, but then like start super small, you know, because, you know, people I think sometimes are like, oh, I have to go out and like change part of the world or, you know, go do some huge thing. And it's like, of course, that's cool. That's great. and Awesome aspirations. But at the same time, you could change one person's world. Right, or you could change one family's world, and I always think that's a fantastic place to start. And that's exactly how we started. We started with trying to uh, crowdfund one house for one widow in Haiti. That was wow. it. You know, it was like that was the focus, and it wasn't. Hey, we're gonna try to go out and change the world and build thousand communities. Like it wasn't that. It was like hey, let's try to crowdfund one house for one widow. And so my challenge to people listening is. What could be your first house or your first little thing that um, you're trying to go do and that you're just you – know, every morning you're thinking about it and you're just going to make it happen. You're going you're gonna to force that into being. Um, and then you just got to understand that it's, it's all about like it's the hard that makes it great, right? It, it's yeah, the hard things totally. that you're willing to go through and that you're willing to do. That's what's actually going to make things happen because if it was easy, everybody would do it, right? It's going to be hard and you just have to build this appetite to where you want the hard stuff, right? Like you you want – like the struggle is going to come and you just have to understand that's part of the process and that's part of the journey. But ultimately like the journey is the reward. And so when things are growing tough and like that's expected, that's when you know that you're in the arena, and that you are doing something worth pursuing and that you're giving a damn because most people they'll say sure I want to go give a damn but then when you know it actually is time to do that right. they'll kind of back off right yeah that's 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 huge i think for everyone to hear uh, to really get that because there is i think a desire in most people like if they when they see these videos or hear these stories they want to go do something themselves but then when they they start to do it and they feel pressure for the first time or they feel pressure the second time or early on in their journey, they give up because it's, it is hard and it isn't sexy and easy. And they decide, you know what, it's just easier and more comfortable for me to go back to my old way of, of living where it was just, you know, me 
having my nine to five, binge watching the newest Netflix show um, at night, and then going back and doing it again the next day. So I think that's that's yeah. hu- hugely important. For, from your experience, any more practical steps that you can give to the listeners on how yeah. they can begin to? You gave one or two there. Any more in your experience? Yeah. Because I think some people are going to listen to this podcast uh, because you know they saw it on social media or somebody told them about it, and they just want to hear a really good story, and that's great. But I suspect mm-hmm. that the majority of people listening want to go out and they already give a damn. They've got that thing inside of them and they want to go out and do something about it. They want to help their fellow man, fellow woman. So are there any more? Mm-hmm. You, I mean, you're a dude, you're a young guy. Like I, I think when most people, if they were to Google the word CEO and they pushed on images, you know, a, a, a gray haired man in a suit is going to pop up more than likely. And we're in this new age and era where you're, how old are you, Brett? Uh, 27. Yeah, 27, CEO of a startup charity. I think this is really fantastic and something that people are going to look at and say, oh, I want that. So any more practical steps you can give to the listeners on how they can be – you already gave one that was really amazing, which is just start small. Like just start with – we started with one house. That's super practical. Any more like that? Yeah, absolutely. So ultimately, it's all choice, right? It's all choice and – Everybody has the power to decide, I want to make this choice or this choice. So at night, do I want to watch Netflix for two hours? Do I want to go play in the softball game? Or do I want to sit there and work on my blog, right? Or work on whatever it is that you're trying to just get a little bit off the ground or to give a damn a little bit about. It's like you have to put in the time and you have to make sacrifices. So you have to change the the comfortable lifestyle, right? It's like what we're doing, the, the pursuits that we're trying to make, it's unique. It's abnormal. It's not the status quo of, of what normal people do, right? So you have to be comfortable and like love the fact that what you're getting into is not quote unquote normal, right? You're not going to have the same type of week as everybody else. You're going to be doing things differently, right? You might be waking up at 5 a.m. to get in two to three hours of work in the morning um, because you're trying to do something on the side, right? Or you might at night, you might be, you know, working on this instead of like I mentioned, like, you know, going to movies or, you know, going out to eat five nights a week, right? So you, the first thing is that you, you've got to make the choice to, to do things differently. Um, the second thing is that you you have to you have to start small and you have to be vulnerable like what the first thing that whatever it is that you're that you're making or you're trying to ship whether it's uh, trying to acquire your first hundred uh, blog subscribers whether it's your first hundred podcast su- uh, subscribers right whether it's your right. the first um, I don't know kid you're trying to sponsor right what, whatever that thing is, like you just have to, you just have to figure out in the beginning how to make it happen, and do like we call it, we say do things that don't scale, and mm. and what that means it's very counterintuitive because a lot of people think like oh I've got to come up with like this massive plan that you know operationally it'll work and it'll scale and like all this stuff and it's like no in the beginning actually you have to you have to do really manual like crazy sounding things just to get your first whatever it is. So pick a right. pick a one first goal that you can strive towards. Um, in our case, it was one house, right, which was six thousand dollars. 
and then you reverse engineer like very manual like crazy things that you would have to do right to in order to just get that first goal whatever it is um if it was a hundred podcast subscribers maybe you know you're you're talking to people on the street like you're just you're doing what like literally whatever it takes you have to have that level of determination and last thing i'll say is that that's all choice that's the beautiful thing about creating something about entrepreneurship about you mentioned being a ceo at a young age how am i ceo at a young age how are you know all of our co-founders are 27 and under like how is that because we decided that we wanted to be and we went out and just and just did it you know there's no rocket science here um it's last thing i'll say like literally my favorite quote of all time is is from nike and it's just do it Hmm. you know like there's there's no excuses you just you want to do something awesome do it you know right solid uh let's give a damn family brett just dropped some serious wisdom on you brett you're wise beyond your years and i'm grateful for that thanks for sharing some of those things let me me say something on that note real quick Sure. Um, i i appreciate that but the the reason that i think i have uh i don't know maybe gotten a little smarter or a little bit so-called wisdom is definitely not the right word but the reason that i've learned some stuff over the last couple years is because i am constantly trying to learn right like how do you how do you learn stuff? How do you draw examples and models in your head? Oh, maybe it's because you listen to a book every week or you listen to a podcast every right. day, right? And over time, that compounds and that makes you quote unquote wise, even though what you're really doing is you're just having the discipline to learn new stuff every day, right? Yep. And so those daily habits over time, when you do them for years, like, as you know, those add up. And then all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, this person knows stuff. And it's like, well, I mean, maybe, but it's just because all we've done is just we've put in time and we like want to learn. And over time, uh, there's this little example I like to use. It's, it's like w- when you read books, you listen to podcasts, whatever it is that you're trying to learn, like obviously you don't remember every single thing that you right. listen to or read, right? It's just like if you, if you stick your hand into a um, – a tub of glue, right? <laughs> so imagine putting yourself in a hand tub of glue. When you when you pull your hand out, you don't take all the glue with you, right? But some sticks. Yep. And so what I like to think is if you're investing time into learning, stuff is going to stick. And yep. over time that compounds and then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, this person knows stuff, you know? Yeah, that's great. That's great. It's all about what we're consuming, the content we're putting in, the mm-hmm. things we're absorbing that, like you said, that will, it totally matters and that will eventually come out. So, so in other words, listeners, if you are, are just every night binge watching the next show or spending all your time fighting on social media or this, that, or the other, like that's what's, that's, what's going to consume your life. And that's, what's going to influence and dictate what you do next, whether that's watch more TV or, Go out there and be a world changer. So great stuff. Great stuff. You mentioned a few minutes back about all the founders being 27 and under. First of all, that's amazing. Second of all, tell me about the team that makes New Story Charity happen. Yeah, so it all starts with uh, our co-founders, which is uh, me, uh, Matthew, Alexandria, and Michael. Um, 
how it kind of happened was one of the co-founders I, I kind of grew up with, which is Michael. And so when I first had the idea for News Story, uh, he was like the first person that I texted because we actually started the company together before this. So the first person I like knew and it just, it just kind of made sense to talk to. Um, but then how I met Matthew and Alexandria is really cool because I think it's how a lot of the listeners can meet other like-minded people. So I met Matthew, who now is our head of product and does all of our kind of user experience and a lot of the technology. Um, I met him by going to a dinner of like, I don't know what it was called. It was something like social, entrepreneur-minded, whatever. And it was just like, oh, I'm interested in that. And so like I showed up and I went, right? Because I was trying to like meet other people like that and like trying to, to learn. Um, met Matthew. Turns out that Matthew had just left a... Uh, a really big consulting firm, and he started his own like startup uh, user experience, like web design agency. And so he started it, and like we met. And then when I had the concept for a news story, I was like, oh, I'll call Matthew because I know he's like really good, and he can help build the first like we call it MVP, which is a minimum viable product mm-hmm. of of what news story was. And so that's how I met Matthew, and he built the very first version, um, and then. About a month in, it was like, wow, this guy's amazing. Like, I want to ask him to be a co-founder. So that's how I met Matthew. And then how I met Alexandria, who is just absolutely incredible. She's our COO, is um, Matthew was hosting. Now, he was hosting a social entrepreneurship meetup club where they met. Uh, it wasn't a dinner. It was like more of a, a, a little a little bigger than a dinner. Met like once a month of like like-minded people in Atlanta. Um, he asked me to share like news story, and this was like a month in. And Alexandria happened to show up and be there, and she heard like what was going on. And it turns out that her background actually resonates a lot with um, like the homelessness issue that we're solving for because she did teach for America, which is an extraordinary program, and she taught kids that sometimes were homeless, and she could see like you know obviously they're 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 what their achievement was like if they weren't in a house. Um, right. So long story short, that's how I met Alexandria. Um, you know, She kind of works on a couple small projects, and then I'm like, wow, this girl is absolutely amazing. It'd be an honor to bring her on as a co-founder. Um, and that's how we started. So I think the lesson in that is you know, put yourself in serendipitous like opportunities. Yep. Um, how do you do that? You make the choice to go to things where you can meet people or you could be around like-minded people, right? Like yeah. you're not going to do that if, like I mentioned, you're you're playing in, you know, the softball game every night or, you, you know, you're just doing stuff where you're, you're not putting yourself in that, in those opportunities. Yeah. So the other team members, um, we now have uh, s- uh, seven, seven team members and the other ones we met actually in a pretty serendipitous way as well. Um just kind of being around the right places, uh, talking about you know what you're doing, kind of your vision for things, and you'll see that some people latch on to that and they'll stand out. And and when you know, like when you feel something uh, about someone that there's something different here, um, you should just follow your intuition and you should pursue you know whatever that is with them. Um, and that's really how we how we got brought on the other team members. That's awesome. Sounds like quite the team. I, w- I want to meet them all someday. So you guys are in Silicon Valley. 
which is a place where it's not typically thought of as a place where you find people, you know, being very generous with their money and their time. You know, it's a place where you're building businesses and, you know, businesses that are answering to shareholders and you've got money and venture and angel and this and that. And it just seems like a very like a place where you wouldn't find what New Story Charity is doing. So how is it running New Story Charity out of a place like that? Are you guys finding uh, like affirmation, uh, pushback? What's it like being in that environment? Yeah, it's actually been the perfect ecosystem for us. Nice. And the reason that is, is because, as I mentioned in the beginning, we were trying to solve two problems. The, the second problem is like the status quo of the traditional charity model. And that resonates with a lot of people out here, right? Because the people in Silicon Valley, what are we doing? We're waking up every day and we're trying to innovate. We're trying to disrupt traditional models. Uh, we're trying to you know, move forward and advance and think big, all those things. And, and that's real. And so our whole positioning has been, look, we're doing the same thing, but in the nonprofit sector, right? We're using, we're using technology. We're, we're, attack, we're, we're approaching this with a different mindset of saying there has to be more technology and more transparency and the nonprofit model. Does that resonate with you? And they're all like, yeah, totally. So mm. what we've found, Nick, is that we've we've unlocked a lot of donors that in the past have had some skepticism or sure. just didn't really trust, you know, like traditional charities. And and I don't blame them. And so we found that it's not that people don't want to help other people. They just don't know really who to trust or where to go. And so they're just kind of like, eh. You know, I'm not going to do it. But if you can give them a, a model they can believe in and they can trust and that it resonates with them, then the, the story changes. And that's what we've seen out here. And uh, I mean, I'd say over 80% of our funding has probably come from Silicon Valley with um, individuals, companies, all those things, um, because we've just kind of tripled down on that story. Um, and we hope that other nonprofits will do the same, right? Like, one of our one of our chief goals is to um, try to help inspire and uh, spur on other organizations or other co-founders to take a different approach to the nonprofit model. And if right. we can influence other organizations to kind of adopt some of like what we've been doing, um, obviously with with their own version of it, then we feel like man, that that's that's awesome, and that's what we're trying to do out here. Incredible! So great to hear. Uh, Brett, as we start to wind down this interview, I have a couple questions left. One is yeah. talk about talk about today in for New Story Charity. I know, you know, we've we've all been in the news, like watching the news and keeping up with what's happened in Haiti the last couple of weeks with Hurricane Matthew. Yeah. So what what is what is I've been following along and I've been incredibly encouraged and you know trying to share when I can. So what's what's happening yeah. today with New Story Charity? What are you guys doing? Yeah, so we're all about so we started with just trying to basically crowdfund houses and, and do that in the most transparent way possible. And then as time went on, we started building a lot of houses in the same area. And then we're like, light bulb went off, whoa, we're creating like villages and like a community. Hmm. Right. And so just imagine in your head, hey, there's thirty acres of land, um, blank land, we're putting two hundred houses on that on there with over a thousand people. Well, now that means you can 
bring a school in. You can bring in microloan opportunities. You can bring in agriculture training. Like you can do all these different things. And that's what we're doing now through partnerships with other organizations. So today, New Story is all about building communities because that's how we feel that it will unlock the most potential in those communities. That's how we feel that it will change societies. Um, so that's what we're focused on. And we've now built in two years, um, we've funded about 630 houses. We've built a little over 300 of those. Uh, about 215 of those happen to be built in Haiti. And mm. uh, it kind of really hits close to our heart um, because unfortunately a couple weeks ago, uh, almost a Category 5 hurricane destroyed like the southern part of Haiti. Um, mm. Over 4,000 homes were just completely wiped out. I mean, that's over 20,000 people. Um, almost 1,000 people died. Like, people don't die like that during hurricanes. Mm. Uh, but these people didn't really have anywhere to go. Right? They didn't have shelter. So, um, two things. One, all of our homes that were built withstood the hurricane um, just because we, we really believe in building long-term permanent solutions. And so we architect our homes and all of our infrastructure to be that way. Um, but the second thing is we said, well, we're going to try to, we're going to try to rebuild and fund homes for these families that just had all their, had everything destroyed. Um, because what we do not want to happen is the same cycle that happened during the 2010 earthquake, which was so much temporary aid floods in. People are given tents, which is necessary for, you know, a couple months. Right. But then what happens? You know, what happens when a girl lives in that tent for six years? And we're just, we're deeply concerned that that's going to happen again. And so we launched an initiative to basically try to raise as much money as we can, as fast as we can, to try to fund as many of these 4,000 homes that were destroyed as possible. Um, and within about three weeks, we have now uh, a little over $800,000. Um, we've got a long way to go. We obviously can't do it all ourselves. But we're trying to construct this narrative that obviously there needs to be short-term solutions, but we cannot forget about long-term solutions. And so we're right. trying to get other philanthropists, other foundations to kind of get on board with that narrative um, so that these families are not in survival mode for potentially the next decade. Right. $800,000 in the last couple of weeks. I mean, that's amazing. And I really hope that you guys, you know, are able to implement that well and build those homes. I think it's really cool going back a couple minutes where you talked about you guys had that light bulb moment, which I think is incredible, where you guys realized that you're actually building new towns, you know, and that's just that's incredible to be able to, to be a part of that and to be able to do that. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with the Let's Give a Damn family that I failed to ask you, Brett? No, I would just say that you know, anybody listening, if there is some type of idea on your mind or something that you can't stop thinking about, just pursue it. You don't you don't have to have everything figured out, right? Like you don't you don't have to quit your job and like start doing something, but just keep taking small steps into whatever it is that is convicting you, that is on your heart, and then you'll know when the time is right. Um, to you know, put either significantly more time into it, or to potentially go full time into it. Um, but just don't ignore that that voice, and don't let the resistance like beat you. Because the resistance is going to say, "Yeah, like don't pursue that. Like 
you know, right. just do what everybody else does. You don't need to do that. Like, come on, like grow up, you know, you don't need to do that. Um, and I would just really, really strongly recommend that you push back against that and that you are an anomaly and that you do pursue something worth giving a damn about. That's awesome. I know you've got to go. We've, you've got a TV interview soon. So last question, where can we keep up with you, yeah. Brett, with what you're doing and what the New Story charity team is doing? The URL of New Story is newstorycharity.org, or you can just Google New Story and we'll pop up. Uh, I'm relatively active on Twitter, and so my uh, handle is at Brett Hagler, B-R-E-T-T-H-A-G-L-E-R. And so if anybody has any questions, you can just ping me on there and, and I'll get back to you. Fantastic. Uh, thanks. Yeah. For, and, and, and New Story Charity is on, on social media as New Story Charity, right? Correct. Great. Thanks for joining me. This was an honor and I'm excited to continue watching you create amazing stuff and empower others to give a damn. Thanks, man. Love, love the podcast theme. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining Brett and I for our conversation today. Be sure to go follow Brett Hagler and New Story Charity everywhere on social media. If you enjoyed our chat, go let them know. Also, please subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. And ask your friends to listen and subscribe too. The more the merrier, I say. You can follow Let's Give a Damn on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to find out more about the show and other things we plan to implement very soon. And head on over to our Facebook page, click on that sign-up button, to receive weekly emails containing amazing stories just like the one you heard here today. Also, if you want, you can follow me at Nick Lapara on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Snapchat. Well, that's all for today, friends. I cannot wait to spend more time with you soon. And I urge you, even today, to begin giving a damn about the things around you that are wrong that you have the ability to help make right. Until next time.